The following program was produced by Community Producer. The content, views, and opinions expressed are the sole responsibility of the Community Producer and do not reflect Malden Access Television, the City of Malden, or your cable provider. MATV welcomes your comments. Call us at 781-321-6400 or email us at access at matv.org. Good evening, and welcome to Marlin 02148. I'm your guest host this evening, Ed Lucy, and I have as a guest Brian Del- Delaney. I'm sorry, Brian. DeLacy. DeLacy, excuse me, my French. We do it, it there. Uh, but before we get into that, we, Brian's going to be talking and, and uh, bringing up, us up to date about the situation involving the, the Marlin Hospital, which is a, a controversial issue that's been not only been in the newspapers, been public hearings in, uh, in the city council, and it's even been in the courts. But I'd, li- I'd like to also at this time uh, pass on a couple of public announcements. The first one is c- congratulations and best wishes to the graduates of Marlin High School. Uh, for those of them going on to college, it's a great future that lies ahead of all of them with the challenges, but there are obviously some students, whether they delay their education or they're playing on a career of something not requiring necessarily a college education, good luck. I was at the award-winning um, meeting they did at the, the high school last week, a very impressive a group of young people where, where they have all that energy, but also to be remind the public that in addition to Marlin High School, we have graduates from Marlin, from Marlin Catholic, from Pope John, and a significant 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 a number of students from the vocational school in Wakefield. So to all of the graduates, uh, best wishes for the future. The other thing is just a bit more mundane, and that is that um, as I was coming over to the station this evening, I noticed some people had put yard waste out on the sidewalk. And this goes, they started putting it out two days ago. And, of course, what happens is if they don't have the right schedule and it sits there in the course of a, a, a week or whatever, it ends up that the... Um, the yard waste either gets uh, subjected to mail, uh, uh, rain, it, it, there's other things that happen to it, and the bob, the bags break, and next thing you know, it's around. Uh, yard waste is going to be picked up until starting next Monday. So those of you that uh, haven't put it out, don't put it out until next week. And those that did put it out, maybe think about putting it into, into the shelter of the, the yard or somewhere else because it's not going to be picked up until next Monday. One other point I'll make, and that is um, more dealing with Marlin Access TV. Um, there's a celebration uh, next Monday, which is the, uh, the culmination of a 100th anniversary, 30 years of MATV and the birthday to Ron Cox, the executive director, who's 70. And it'll be held at the Pearl Street Restaurant next Monday, and it's uh, between 5.30 and 9 o'clock. There's two options for those people that are interested in participating. One is that... Um, you can get a coupon and eat there. 15% of the proceeds of the meal will be donated to Marlin MATV. Secondly, if you'd like to enjoy even more of the festivities, there's um, for $30 you get a meal, you also get entertainment, and you get music. And a, there is a guest appearance by um, Joey's Voices, among others. And uh, Ron Cox will be selling it celebrating his 70th birthday. We'll be, I'm sure, celebrating and, and entertaining you as well. So keep those two things in mind. And now I'm going to turn it over. Brian, um, there's, there's, there's so many uh, bumps in the curve and, and along the road with the uh, the Marlin Hospital property. For those who have lived at Marlin long enough and have a history of the city, it's been, the hospital itself has been closed for almost 20 years. And still, for the most part, other than some brief usage along the way, it's just been dormant, and uh, obviously things like that don't get better in with time. So you've come forward with a group that represents the Marlin residents and other people as well who have an interest in seeing their property developed in such a way that, number one, it will generate revenue, but more important than that, it will do much more for the city. So maybe right. you'd like to get, touch on some of the things that you've been able to 
put together for the proposal. Well, yeah, thanks, Ed, for inviting me on here to talk about this. I really appreciate it. And uh, it is a longstanding problem that uh, over 20 years, really, since the hospital last operated as a hospital. And many people still remember the days of old when it was open and operating. And uh, quite a number of people were born there who still live in the city or uh, remember it well. So uh, several years ago, I got particularly interested in this at the request of some other people who were interested in looking at this. And so there currently are really three plans, three proposals that are circulating in the community. There are two that you might consider uh, community-driven plans, prepared, developed on a volunteer basis by members, residents of the community, who have ideas for how to develop this large, almost 18-acre site of the hospital site. Uh, first of all, the hospital site's privately owned right now. It's not city property. It's not owned by the city. It is generally believed to be for sale, um, but it's, it's, it's not public property. So there are two community-driven programs, which I can talk in depth about one and generally about another. And there's a, a third proposal, which is from the private sector, which is developed, uh, proposed by the Felsmere Housing Group which is a development group that has done large, complex uh, residential developments like Pine Hills on the Cape and large commercial office building developments like uh, in Harvard Square. And actually, this three-dimensional model, sometimes referred to as a diorama, uh, was actually developed by them. And they were kind enough to loan it to me at my request for your show. Uh, could I, uh, one thing I, I, I find interesting, with all the activity and, and the, uh, the things that have gone on, the name Converse has come up recently, which most people aren't aware of. And we think of the Converse family as th that family that really est established the Malden Public Library because they did a, a, a donation financially and, and other ways to, the, to create that uh, option for the city. In addition, they have a f affiliation or connection with Pine Banks. But up, up until re recently, I wasn't aware that they also were part of the reason why we have a Marlin Hospital. Right. So uh, they did, the family donated a substantial amount of this land up on the hospital site way back when, when it was first established. And uh, some history indicates that actually the Felsmere Pond and areas around it were developed as uh, essentially a fire prevention pond because this was the Converse family, not of the well-known sneakers, but... Uh, more of a, a rubber kind of uh, factory, which once upon a time actually did catch fire. Right. But So not only did they donate land, but actually at critical times after the hospital was opened and created, they donated very substantial amounts of money to keep the hospital operating. They believe strongly in having the health and well-being of the citizens of Malden served by the hospital site. So they're well-connected. And in fact, recently, uh, almost a couple of dozen of the Converse descendants uh, sent a letter into the city through the mayor's office indicating their support for uh, essentially progress at the hospital site in the spirit of the Converse. Yeah, I have that letter here, and, and it, it was interesting because uh, they also uh, attended a dedication that I, that I was at last year at Felsmere that was uh, created uh, by one of the city councilors, which I thought reminded people that, the, that what a big part they did play in Malden years ago, although the family itself is the, I think the person who wrote the letter currently resides in Rhode Island. Right, but, uh, that's right, but, out, of, uh, out of state. Yeah. And, if, and if I might tell you a little story about that dedication. So you're referring to the dedication of the new sign? Yes. At, at, the, at, at Felsmere Park, basically, right? right? Um, so there's a short story of that, which, do you recall the old sign uh, from Felsmere Park that was at the opposite end of the pond? In fact, if we could use the model here... Uh, the new sign is now up in that end. That's uh, right across from six from uh, 557 uh, Pleasant Street. Exactly. Right. And and the old sign, the main Felsmere sign, used to be here in this area. Uh, it was out of date. It still listed the the uh, MDC, Metropolitan District Commission. Do you remember them? I do. As, I we, worked one summer. Did you? No <laughs> kidding. Wait, anyways, they they, uh, they eventually closed down and went out of business, you know, back They should have. But anyway. So, that's so, the <laughs> so the sign was still there. And, and thanks to some citizens who stepped forward and said, we really need a new sign, because that sign also had a hole, which when I first looked at it was the size of a golf ball. But when it was replaced, it was at least the size of a softball. So special thanks to uh, Council, now President Debbie Maria, Right. who responded to citizen requests and... 
and with the help of the DPW, they get that new sign. And right. the Converse family came out. They did. They did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, getting back to what you were saying before I interrupted you. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, um, um, you've got three groups. Three groups. Yeah. And, you know, I um, was given, through your efforts, um, a packet uh, before the uh, show tonight. <laughs> and the thing that struck me as um, interesting, a lot of times when you get uh, packets with uh, pro and con of why the, a particular development should be done a certain way, um, it's usually, if it's not propaganda, it, it's it's a bit embellished in order to look favorably upon the person that has a proponent of uh -huh. a particular way of doing things. And uh, in your case, as I started to read through, I think you were trying to be as objective as you possibly can for everybody involved, including the other people that were trying to uh, put together something. Um, one thing I, I'm not really quite sure of, uh, the hospital uh, has agreed to sell the property to that third, the, the developer, which would be for an intention of building not only uh, condos, but also homes and uh, whatever. But is that subject to getting clearance from, this, from the city and from the zoning requirements so that they can move forward, or is it a subject to any kind of restriction? I'm a little confused there. So um, it, it's, it's a good question, and it's, it, that would be a private transaction. Right. So it's my understanding they have a private uh, understanding, they have a private agreement, a private right. purchase and sales agreement, right. which as with any property that's bought and sold, there may be contingencies. And so there may be contingencies that are contingent upon, uh, for instance, zoning. Yeah. So, so good observation there. Common to all three of the proposals that are currently circulating, they all would require rezoning of this this area, uh, because currently, originally, the area was zoned for either hospital use or residential housing. Uh, in order to do any of the three proposals that are out there, it would require multifamily dwellings and also potentially reallotments of lot sizes. So there is an agreement. Uh, we've been told, with the owners of the hospital site, which, by the way, the ownership of the hospital has changed hands multiple times in the decades, basically, that, you know, since it was last operated. Uh, and, and one big important thing is where do you go and how do you address that issue of zoning? That's really a key factor in, 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 a, in a roadblock right now. Well, isn't it also blowback for the, uh, uh, for the developer who thought he was going to do the development before this? Because they changed the, the lot size from 5,000 to 8,000. Wasn't that part of their issue on the single-family homes? In, in between the, the – uh, so the previous uh, uh, arrangement that, that at one point this property was actually sold back in sometime, I believe, in the late 90s. And then uh, it was actually transacted, and they began to demolish the, and, and tear down parts of the interior of the building, which eventually is one of the things that factored in this lawsuit that you alluded to. Uh, but, but as they were developing that property back in the late, I believe, 90s, the market crashed, and they had essentially a sellback clause in that agreement so the hospital, the previous owners, took it back. So uh, subsequent to that, uh, it, it basically laid dormant for many years. And over time, lots of things changed, including the lot size moving from 5,000 per owner-occupied home to what it is today. On single-family homes. On yeah. single-family homes to what it is today in, in the 8,000. Right. Now, who was the current owner? Uh, good, good question. So it's uh, Hallmark Health was sold to Wellforce, as, as I understand it, uh, which eventually the, the uh, owner is Tufts Medical, as, as I understand it. At any rate, it's no longer Hallmark Health. Oh, it's not? It's not. And when you say Tufts Medical, that's, that's not the insurance company. That's the, uh, that's the hospital? It it uh, it's it's kind of above my pay grade at this. What point. is that? It's above my pay grade oh, okay. at, at this point <laughs> as to who actually owns it. Good good okay. question. Okay. But but the person who was CEO, even as of a couple of years ago, is no longer CEO. I see. And and Hallmark Health is owned by Wellforce, which at least is connected to Tufts. I see. Okay. Um, all right. Now so now you have. Um, one of the things that sometimes happens, and I've, I've experienced that in years gone by with, with sometimes private developers who come in with a, a, a land that's available, 
and a neighborhood gets used to it being uh, free for the birds and for the walking and whatever. And when something comes along, uh, neighbors sometimes say that we want to leave it the way it is, when in reality something has to have be done with it. Yeah. It's not just yeah. going to lay there un, un, unused, undeveloped, yeah. and whatever indefinitely. And yeah. and um, I, I would even think the people that are currently trying to get approval for the for the for the various things that they've gone through have invested a significant amount of money, both for architecturals and for uh, legal fees particularly. For sure. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. survey work yeah. that's been done yeah. quite considerably, you know, over a long period of time and, and much longer than I think your typical developer right. usually will stick around right. for. Yeah. The, um, is the reason why it hasn't gone further is because the political reality of, of the making a decision? I think that's the political reality. I see. Yeah. So let, let me give you an example. Go ahead. Okay. And I think this is important. So uh, several weeks back, uh, one of the counselors, at-large counselor Spadafora, m- uh, made a motion at the council meeting that the available proposals and plans should be brought to the zoning and ordinance committee. Or, or the rule, excuse me, the rules and ordinance committee, yeah. a standing subcommittee of the council. Yeah. And the reason for that is because that's the committee, which, as you well know, has, has essentially oversight for zoning. And because all of these proposals require rezoning, nothing happens until you take that first step. Well, that motion, as of just a few weeks ago, it was tabled with no further follow-up scheduled. What else is no? Is, I think the council uh, has has been doing that with this project, and uh, in, without like, reflecting, and I don't want to get too deep into it. Yep. Without my, with my 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 sense is that um, for someone that represents that area, uh, whether it, uh, on a large basis or a local or a city council ward basis, that it's a great issue to be against because the neighbors mm-hmm. say that's who's fighting for us, and that's who we want to stay in office. And then what happens when the election is over, nothing happens, and you drag it out and then get to another election. So, you know, in terms of the political realities of this, okay, I've got a letter in here, which was the, as you may recall, back in 2015, there were ballot questions about what to do with a couple of different topics. Uh, There was a residential building moratorium that was proposed. There was the CPA, the Community Preservation Act, that was on the ballot as well. And there was a third ballot question. It wasn't in this order, but the third ballot question was pertinent to the hospital site, okay? That ballot, the hospital site was a fairly hot issue during that particular election cycle. At any rate, the question on that ballot was, what should the city do, basically? Should the city acquire a portion of the hospital site. And and the financial realities in terms of where might money come from or what might that cost, of course, none of that was addressed. And so many people think that it was a poorly presented a ballot question. It didn't really give the voters all the information they needed to, to, to vote in an informed manner. However, the, the overwhelming response was the city ought to in fact, move in this direction towards an acquisition of, a, of some of the land. Very little has happened since that 2015 yeah. ballot question. Yeah. Contrast what the proposal is basically by the developer and the group that you're articulating for would like to see happen to the land. So, so um, the, the proposal that I've put forward, and we may actually have a slide that Perhaps Tony uh, could up, add there, which is the overall goals of this Hospital Hill proposal. And um, if he's able to put it up, then I could just sort of read through some of the, you know, the aims and the obstacles. So for the Hospital Hill proposal, which is really the one that I'm speaking to, uh, there's a big goal of open space. People want open space. People feel uh, open space is good for both active and passive recreation. Passive being just walking or strolling, or and in particular, uh, wheelchairs. You know, you could there there walkers, uh, elderly, senior citizens. There's another interest in historic preservation. There are some buildings on this property which I'll get to that are actually in this area. One of them was an old nursing uh, student dormitory. I don't know if you were familiar with that. My daughter. Uh, 
graduated there. Not that she didn't live there, but she was a, she. She was a student. She's an RN from the. Well, I I didn't know that. Well, the dormitory is still there, and I have an idea of how that might actually be preserved. There was another building uh, right along this West Border Road, which is between the pond and the hospital main structure, uh, which was kind of a maintenance and repair building. I have some ideas for that. Uh, at any rate, so so historic preservation would be nice to retain rather than just demolish. Fiscal prudence. So one of the challenges I've seen with the alternative Friends of Felsmere Heights proposal is really what the funding mechanisms would be for acquisition or development of this land. It's very difficult for a community-based volunteer organization, basically, to make that happen. And so how are you going to financially address that? The, the, the Hospital Hill proposal at least attempts to do that. Senior housing, which is not included uh, in the, the sort of the for-profit Felsmere Housing Group proposal, uh, would be part of this. And, uh, you know, you really need to get Malden and Medford working together on this. This area up here uh, on, on the, I guess this would be the western border of the property, is actually Medford. So there's a couple of acres in here. Uh, Medford gets the tax. Well, they get about 15% of the total acreage is in Medford. That that would that would sound yeah. about right. Okay. Yeah. And and whereas the everything else is. And Medford gets some revenue now from uh, whatever's there. Well, Mel Medford does get some tax dollars and and yeah. uh, and so forth. But, but a big thing is uh, there's much more uh, I think kind of community accessible open space from the community proposals. Whereas the the Felsmere Housing Group proposal, and I will say this. I believe, truly, they are top-notch, the best professionals. They have an interest in the community. They really care. Uh, they, they loaned us this diorama, which I think is a great graphic representation of what's going on. And they have been incredibly patient with the city of Malden. As, you know, they have not been able to really get their proposals heard. And, and their latest proposal, which they've actually just turned, like, literally recently um, is, has been largely to address some of the political concerns that were raised by city officials. Yeah. Uh, and that development down in Plymouth that, they, that, there's, that the name is on, uh, Pine Hills, yeah. has been, I, as far as I know, very well received, not only by the community, but by the people who live there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So that, yeah. that, in a sense, is a, if that reflects what the kind of work they do and the yeah. kind of aftermath, then they're they're in the right direction. And, and, and as, as neighbors, yeah. you know, and I, I happen to live in that ward anyways, yeah. right? Um, as neighbors, you really want to make sure that whoever is building yeah. right next door yeah. is, is going to do a good job and, and get it done. Yeah. So, so yeah. One of your items here says senior housing for 55 plus, and then it says 20% affordable. So are you familiar with the affordable housing issues and matters and um, the 10%? It's the ten percent. Yes. So, so for for the benefit of the viewing audience, please do. Uh, <laughs> thank you. I, that's really good. So, in in brief, there's a Massachusetts state law that requires municipalities throughout the state to have ten percent of the housing base be considered affordable, be measured as affordable. And affordable means that eighty percent of people earning at the median income for that area could afford that housing, okay? So it's a state law, and if a municipality falls below that 10%, then what the state law allows is because they conclude that the city has failed in delivering on its obligation to provide affordable housing. So instead of developers going to the city, which, for instance, has happened in Sonam, and I've attended a number of those meetings. It's a very painful process to see unfold. Developers, instead of going to the city building inspectors and planning departments, they go right to the state, and they get building permits from the state. And the state's not necessarily going to, and in fact, a key thing is if you fall below that 10% and a builder successfully applies for one of these permits, they basically, they throw out all the zoning the, the eight, they override everything the, local. They override everything local. Okay. So, so I've actually had somebody tell me, and Malden, for the benefit of our viewing audience, at least on the record, is somewhere around 10.2% today. And that doesn't reflect any of the recent uh, at-market price development that's occurred. 
and it doesn't reflect the, the 2020 census numbers that aren't yet recorded. So in all likelihood, numerically, Malden's below that threshold. Mm. Especially since they've had a lot of uh, apartment developments. A lot of apartment of, yeah. developments. Now, um, Malden and Medford, are they on the same page, kind of, in what their intentions are towards the property, or are they, do they have different interests depending on uh, which city it's referred to? Well, you know, it's, it's interesting. I, I actually had, had called for a public hearing, uh, you know, a couple of years ago to, to get the citizens, to, just as there's a public hearing on the tree, yeah. matter happening at this time over in the senior center uh, for for the public to talk about in person uh, to our city officials about this matter. Anyways, the city of Malden, um, there hasn't been a public hearing to my knowledge on this matter. There have been public meetings, but not true public hearings. However, the developers, the Felsmeyer Housing Group developers, actually had a, a community, a sort of open house behind the hospital a couple years back. Many of the people who attended were from Medford. And uh, common shared concerns clearly in this area are traffic. I mean, that's a huge, huge, huge issue. So, uh, and, and there's a desire for open space. It's my understanding that this side of the city of Medford actually has less proportionate open space than the rest of Medford. So there's a strong desire for open space. There's a, a strong reluctance to have more traffic coming through. And Malden and Medford are very much on the same page with that. Now, um, what's, what's proposed by the developer is really like it's condos, in, single homes, and, and there's some other, fa there was something else that they were going to do with that, I think. Wasn't it, uh, was it some commercial, or, or was it just condos or apartments? Uh, it, well, it's the, the latest plan, to my understanding, is and, and they have evolved their plan, actually, in response to trying to read the tea leaves of, of Malden politics, to, right. to be honest, from what I can see. Um, but it also includes open space and trails, trails which, by the way, they are promising to maintain. Right. So that's one of the, the you know, the, yeah. the, the two-edged swords of, uh, of open space. You've got to maintain it. Yeah. And that costs money. Um, so, so th but there's not a – one of the elements of the Hospital Hill proposal, if I could just quickly sketch through it. Uh, and that's your group. That's, this is the group that I represent. Right. Okay. Okay. Uh, there is an element of commercial, which could be a restaurant. If you – right from – and I'll show you where it is on this diorama. Right in this area here has a magnificent view of the city of Malden and Melrose. And actually the city of Boston is over in this direction. So you could, if you could put, uh, you know, some kind of a restaurant there, senior housing in this area, and the, sort of the secret sauce in the Hospital Hill proposal to make it financially feasible is, in addition to senior housing, making a portion of it affordable. Because it's my belief that, well, state law requires that you do, and so we should. Uh, but, but these two structures in here, the nursing dormitory and also this facility, my proposal that is before you here, which is, is, has been discussed with many people, including many of whom uh, are partisan to either of the other proposals, you would relocate the existing senior center, which is right outdoors here. You would sell that parcel of premium land it used to be a nice church. It used to be a beautiful church. It was. And it no longer is. Oh. And, and um, you know, people I've spoken with would argue that uh, it's probably too much space for the needs of the current usage. Uh, it's, it, there's no public transit access to it. Parking. It's tough. It, we were talking about parking before going on air. Brutal. Brutal. Yeah. So, so you move the—you sell the senior center facility. You move it up Make to— Make it a parking lot. A revenue-generating parking lot. And you relocate that that entire, uh, you know, city mission to the hospital site area with beautiful trails, which could be handicap-accessible, wheelchair-accessible. And the other parcel of land, which is in prime location, is the DPW site, yeah. right on the river, riverfront. And it's also in... It's a it's a critical piece of the development puzzle in that lower end of Commercial Street, because all the properties around it are basically just ready to for good things to happen. It's right where the people have talked about putting another Orange Line station. Yes, as well. So so the distinctive element of this proposal, the Hospital Hill proposal, is that the, the financing would at least in part come from the sale of the senior center relocated here. The sale of the DPW yard, at least the forestry department being relocated here, 
you actually would have access to both those facilities, particularly the DPW facility, along West Border Road behind the pond. So it's not like you'd have yard waste trucks. You were your opening remarks about yard Not like you'd have them rumbling through lots of parcels. They'd come in along the fells. They'd go right up here, and there's already a driveway in back. And then, of course, the senior housing as well. I, um, I, I'm trying to think. I don't know the exact size of that DPW site down on Commercial Street, but would that kind of be an issue with the with the neighbors in terms of the diesel from the trucks and from the the plowing at night and and the kinds of things that DPW have to do in the course of an average day? So, uh, so, so yes, yeah. maybe. And and the the, the current proposal that, that's here, it roughly has half of the DPW operations, kind of a forestry. It could be an administrative. It could be, you know, kind of par- the, the parks and rec end of things as opposed to the hazardous waste, which should be in more of a commercial area. Yeah. And uh, it's my understanding that for at least a period of time, the city actually leased land at the hospital site as a snow yard, meaning people would move and dump and relocate. So the trucks were already rumbling through. And the other thing that I, you know, really asking the audience here is that people want open space. You were talking about yard waste clippings and where to put them. People know that you've got to maintain the land. So you kind of can't have it both ways. You can't have all this acreage without a need to maintain it as well. Yeah. The um, the the pro, the for profit proposal that has not any affordable housing in it. Uh, no, it, 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 it to my knowledge it, it doesn't at this. I time. didn't think so from what I've seen. The second one, um, how much different is? There's another uh, local group articulating, uh, pro, uh, you know, the city getting involved in the in the in the acquisition. Um, I guess to start with, is it? Your sense, of, uh, since you've been involved in uh, firsthand in the goings-on, that, that if if something could be even put together that would be feasible, um, would Medford agree, do you think? I, I, I think that's a really good question. Yeah. And so, so Medford has, in fact, it had before Malden, it had an ad hoc committee on the Malden Hospital site, if you can believe that. Yeah. So Medford, to, to show their concern, actually established a subcommittee of their council on this. Um, there are discussions underway right now uh, that I know of where uh, senior officials, uh, representatives of, of the city of Malden have very recently spoken with the owners of the Malden Hospital site. And there are ongoing discussions, which the Fels- Friends of Felsmere Heights have been, to my understanding, very involved with, uh, which essentially conjoined with what Medford is, is involved with. For instance, many of the people who worked with the uh, uh, incorporation establishment of the Maldens Community Preservation Act also were great volunteers helping out with Medford's Community Preservation Act. In Medford, which has a larger tax base and a larger, almost I think twice the size of the Malden CPA fund, that's a real opportunity that if you could partner with Medford right here and Malden here and somehow leverage things like the joint CPA funds, which would apply to things like affordable housing, historic preservation, and open space, all the kinds of things that are going on. There's a, there's a real opportunity for a partnership, for sure. But would, um, if Medford, let's say, hypothetically only owned 15% of the, uh, it was in the Medford City, uh, uh, this, their conservation, uh, preservation money could only be 15% of the total? Uh, no, no. I mean, they could literally... I, I don't. There's nothing, to my knowledge, in the CPA guidelines. Yeah. Th- they could spend it all yeah. on this site. Yeah. And, and in fact, I would argue that although Medford has a smaller percentage of the landmass, mm. they actually potentially stand to benefit much, much more because of the the tightness of the neighborhoods in back here, yeah. and the, the the roadways and the congestion of the roadways, yeah. and and the shortage of open space yeah. in their neighborhoods. Yeah. Well, a, a couple of quick things. You had mentioned the, the DPW facility on Commercial Street and the senior the center here on the corner of Pleasant and Washington. Um, th- those proceeds would be a significant amount of money that would go towards funding for the purchase. That's right. Uh, then there is a, um, a portion of the of the community preservation money because some of that money is earmarked for different other things sure. uh, separate from uh, 
a development like this and, yep. and, 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 and re, is somewhat restrictive. Yep. Um, would the rest of the money come from bonding? So, so I've done a back-of-the-envelope estimate, okay, of, of uh, would this be financially feasible? With, with the Felsmer Housing Group, for-profit, they're in business, and their job is to make sure that they, 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 uh, they bring in more than they spend out. Has a figure ever been thrown out, to, uh, whether it was the first group that bought it and then had to get, walk away, or this group? Uh, what kind of a number they're paying for a uh, approximate number, an estimate what they might be paying for the development? So, so um, if you were to search the internet, yeah. uh, where you you think everything which I can't do is available, <laughs> which is probably you know more productive. Which sometimes it's just as well, just anyway. as well, just as well, and and, and better. I at mean, any rate, I do only, miss out a lot, but anyway, go ahead. Uh, but but you know, the, the, yeah, a lot of that uh, true news out there, right? Uh, the only thing I've seen uh, that's publicly available indicates that the price is not disclosed. So, so truly... That's it's, not unusual. It, it's, it's, it, it's not... Uh, so it's a negotiation. Yeah. Uh, anything that's going to bring this forward is, will, will require people to get together and to negotiate, whether it's in the private sector yeah. or in the public right. sector, yeah. I would say. Um, well, uh, I guess I, I'm thinking of two scenarios. One is that the city of Malden or the city of Medford, or both... Um, decide they make they make to make it so restrictive that it's not feasible for the developer. So in theory, they probably could walk away the same as a prior uh, developer was uh, going to do the project. That's one thing. But in the meantime, between law law lawsuits, uh, court right. appearance, although right. more than sued them at one, or they sued no he they sued Hallmark. Well, well, you know, they both sued each other. Yeah, as and it, it ended up Malden lost the case. I attended some of the and yeah, and they not only lost the case; they had to pay the attorney fees for the for the defendant. I, I haven't seen the number, but I imagine it was um, it was uh, I think a five day jury trial. A lot, yeah. lot. It was it was a big deal. And the decision was made very quickly. Like uh, didn't seem to be it was seen to be a one sided uh, issue, and unfortunately, it, it didn't seem that Malden had much in the way of legal grounds to, to, to pursue it. But anyway, so Marlon's already incurred that expense directly by pay, by being required to pay the legal fees, which I assume in a situation like this easily could be six figures. It it, it, it could have been a lot of money, yeah, for sure. And yeah, yeah. The, it, it should show up somewhere in the budget. I don't know whether it showed up last I'm, year. I'm, or, I'm looking. Oh, yeah, well. I, I am looking, yeah. That's yeah. on the miscellaneous. Yeah. 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 But um, I guess... Uh, have, I, 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 what I'm trying to think about is how does the developer walk away after spending all that money without getting redressed for their expenses? So I would, uh, I would all think in some way, some fashion, either it, it would be tucked into the selling price by the hallmark uh, or whatever. And I mean, I don't know. Uh, conceivably, were they going to pay, let's say, ten million maybe for the development initially? And uh, if if that were a number that came to now, with inflation came to twelve million, is there money available th through the city's bonding or financing uh, ability to to buy it all up and do go ahead with it? So so um, th you know th the financial powers that be in in the city are are really good and really knowledgeable. So one of the things I don't know if you you heard recently uh, it's it's budget season right within the city right. getting ready for the new fiscal year budget and uh, the mayor recently presented the budget to the city council and uh, something he made a significant point of and this is publicly available uh, you know online was the millions of dollars that the city basically found. In the in the school budget, which had essentially been um, mischarged to, at an elevated rate to the city of Malden, so through the hard work of and it Ron was Ron Hogan, Ron Ron Hogan in the mayor's office and Maria Louise uh, and, and the mayor and and others, uh, including some significant effort by the state legislative group, including you know Steve Altrino yeah. and Jason Lewis and yeah. and, 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 and Paul Representative Donato, yeah. Yeah. Um, they found millions of dollars. Yeah. If, if that same effort, you know, went into this. I, I think it's you know it's doable. Well, now was that a, um, a, an abatement or a, a refund of previous contribution, or was that merely an, a, a recalculation of what the company have to pay? 
I've asked that question, and it's not completely clear to me I I'm, uh, how far back it goes, uh, but it certainly goes forward on a rolling basis into right, the future. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. For those in the public, it, it's, it's, it gets kind of complicated, but part of the money that the city receives, as any, as any community does, is from the, state's, from the state budget. And they have Chapter 90, which is a, a broad-brush source of, of, of a major part of local community budget commitments. And... And you pay you pay stu you pay a fee for students that live here that go to a, like a charter school, right? And uh, how how some of these things are determined make are a factor. I had a program um, uh, some time back, and I it was it was interesting in that depending on the community where the student goes, some of Marlin obviously go to the, the charter school right here in Marlin, but some of the others, the charter schools in Everett, there's, there's some right. others. Right. And one of the schools that they attended, uh, there were several schools, uh, students that was in Cambridge. Right. And the per, per student charge uh, assessed to the Marlin budget for the students that go to Cambridge versus the ones that, that attend the local charter school of Marlin was significant. And obviously, the, you know, um, with a sharp pencil, and depending on what your what your position is about how you calculate some of these things, it's can, and in theory, what it is is supposed to be the the cost of that school absorbing students in Malden. In any event, uh, and I don't know all the details, but I did see articles in the paper recently where, through the efforts of the people that have just been mentioned by uh, our guest here, is that uh, Marlin has saved a considerable amount of money. Right. Uh, I, I, when you said the million, I thought you were talking about the casino money. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it is casino money yeah, in some yeah. sense. That yeah. the the uh, and so the school committee, it's it, it's got a subgroup that focuses on the the budget. Yeah, right? and they had a public hearing earlier this week. Yeah, I saw you that know, in paper. You know, it's it's uh, I think it's seventy one million plus. It's a huge budget. Yeah, it's you know it's six times the size of the fire department, I yeah, think, and yeah. so, and ten times the size of the DPW, and uh, it's a lot. You know, th there's a lot going on, and the, the city officials really worked hard, and they made the most out of it. And so my hope would be that for something like this, if the city sees it as a priority. If our elected officials and our administrative officials see this as a priority, then there's amazing things that I think they could make happen. It, it, it's, uh, it's dragged on now. Uh, you, you refer back to 2015. I even think been, there were things coming up prior to that. For sure. And, right. and yet, uh, in, in some fashion, the, uh, whether it's a, one of those political hot potatoes that no matter how you vote or your city councilor, if you have some input into what's eventually going to happen, you're not going to keep everybody happy. So right, right. Uh, the tendency sometimes in politics is you push it off to let somebody else make a decision or you, or you don't make any decision. And right. I think that's what's happened here. Right. It's been unfair to the developer. It's certainly been unfair to the to the private citizens like yourself and your group uh, and the other group right. because – in some instances, it ends up suggesting false hopes that may not come to reality. Right. And, is, and uh, like, for instance, now, is there, a, is there major differences between what you're articulating here tonight with the people that you're, that you're representing and the other citizens' group that also wants to keep it as open space? Well, I, I think the major difference, I think a big difference in what I've articulated here with this Hospital Hill proposal, it, it introduces mechanisms by which you could potentially finance yeah, this. Yeah, that's always the, that's the big drawback because I think even in the very beginning when there was a serious and motivated group of people that want to do something, the question comes out, where's the money come from? Yeah, and, and so where's the money come from? And so this was kind of in response to, number one, when the city council basically tabled that motion to move it forward, which was basically just, you know, walking away from it, as far as I was concerned. Um, and, and number two, the question of, well, how are you going to finance it? And, and, and so that's really what this Hospital Hill proposal, uh, lots of the other things, the open space and the accessibility for different uses and, and, and arts kinds of applications. You know, there's a general spirit for senior housing. It's baked into the Hospital Hill plan. Um, the Hospital Hill plan is very explicit about uh, the need for affordable housing whereas neither of the other plans really have at least advocated consistently for that, it seems to me. But I do think there's an, an important need here, and that's the, the going back to the affordable housing and the 40B. And the, the, the 40B, the 10%, so if you stay above the 10%, 
uh, you're kind of in the clear in terms of state law. Uh, there are some other uh, calculations in terms of what percentage of your land mass is covered by affordable housing. Some people, though few in the city, believe Malden should be protected by that calculation. My understanding from people I've spoken with at state level is that that's never really worked. So it's kind of a false promise to hold out on that. And the reality is, if if and when a deal doesn't get done, Malden falls below. Just think about this, Ed. Malden falls below that 10% threshold. All it is is a spreadsheet on the, on the Mass State Government website. Any developer could go to that and basically apply. This is a beautiful location near downtown Boston. A lot of people are going to be interested in that. I've had somebody tell me, you potentially could have a 40B development coming here looking to build 900 units. In fact, I saw um, uh, one of the articles mentioned that Malden, in terms of open space, is the fifth lowest-ranking city in the state. It, it, it generally speaking, that's the, it's yeah. it's pretty low. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's yeah. and that's that's a real concern. So, but the, the the concern about not doing anything. See, there's 20 years ago, the cost of inaction apparently wasn't that great. Everybody knows what's happened to Malden housing prices now. The attractiveness and the accessibility to downtown Boston, the development of apartment units, and so forth and so on. Um, and so, and we're on that precipice of the 10.2 percent falling below it. Yeah. It's a real concern. And so five years from now, if this thing hasn't been in some way, shape, or form acquired or converted to municipal use, or, you know, it may be in the process of a 40B development. Yeah. I'm thinking back of a couple of things. Number one, in the, uh, not to age myself out, but in the 80s, there was a, there was a rush to develop properties here in the city at that time. Yeah. And uh, regardless of my position when I was on the council, the interesting thing was some of them started started out, and they ended up because the market, real estate market caved, and yeah. that what was be, going to become condos couldn't be sold, so they became a apartment. Right. Apartment. Right. And some weren't, weren't even done; they're on the drawing board. Right. Then you get uh, then you get to '07 and '08, the the market crash. You know, and we're in a, a long term bubble now with real estate prices, and at some point it's it's going to you know there's going to be more sellers than buyers, and therefore that's when the prices get impacted right. negatively. And right. uh, uh, what would like I can't, I'm trying to visualize what would happen if all of a sudden the developer decided to take his take his glove and go home because maybe there, it wasn't going to be feasible in 2019 or 2020 because it isn't the same market he had in 2014 or 15 when he formulated the. Plan. the 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 other proposals from the from a citizens group um, have that they specific, specifically indicated where they fund the program. You know when they got the um, community preservation uh, act and act you know enabling here in Malden. I think they, everybody thought that was like a, a bottomless pit of all that money they yeah, can yeah, do, yeah, and it, yeah. it obviously is not. Yeah. There's a limit, although. Yeah. The amount that's uh, been generated has increased in, in, in this year over what had yeah. been previous because of the and that's a revenue that the city or town gets from the adding on a little extra tax on your meals. Right. Yeah. So, so some people and in, in, in the particularly in the other group um, and there's a lot. There are slides for this uh, proposal, the Hospital Hill proposal, and there'll be links to these other Felsmere Housing Group and Friends of Felsmere Heights proposals yeah. um, on a website, MaldenHistory.org. If that's okay for Let's me to repeat that, it's MaldenHistory.org. Okay. And and uh, and there's a sub uh, area that's for just the hospital site. And people will be able to go there and look at what all these numbers are. And it gets a little complicated. One of the things that the other group has really advocated for is heavy utilization of the CPA funds and even bonding. You talked about bonding, and maybe you can, if you've already talked about it with your audience, but the idea being that you can kind of take years of future income streams and get a bucket of money now, and then you could essentially invest that money now, knowing that... You can spend it now. You can spend it now. <laughs> and, 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 right, which is what, you know, some people would like to do. Um, you know, uh, on the other hand, it seems quite clear to me that people in the city council or city officials, that you know, don't want to go down that path. They and do not. They do not. They do not. No. Well, that, of course, they've done that to road construction for years, and particularly toll roads where you're... 
you, you borrow the money to build the roads, and then you tell the bondholders they're safe because if they don't, the state or the city doesn't pay the money, that uh, right. you can seize the <laughs> seize the revenue from the tolls. Right. And uh, it's worked out sometimes. And this again would be a, 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 in fact. I'm I'm not quite sure at this point how much revenue the city gets from the preservation revenue from the meals tax, but um, whatever it is, as inflation dictates prices of restaurants, it would tend to go up in the years to come. So so the commonly accepted number, uh, so for instance, once you build properties yeah. that that are, can be owned, for instance, and that's their, the, the Felsmere Housing Group's proposal, yeah. that people, the owners, pay taxes. Yeah. The taxes go to the city, and, and then the city uses the taxes to maintain operations. So the proposal for the Felsmere Housing Group is somewhere in the vicinity of a million and a half dollars in taxes a year that will be paid into the city. That's my understanding. Um, people haven't really done that I've seen good numbers of for these alternative proposals. But of course, you need to make sure that whatever tax revenue comes in. And this is a big concern. As soon as you put uh, residential housing in, and as soon as you put school children in, and, you know, both of us have, have school children who have gone through the system, and, and the question is, where are those school children going to go to school? And at some point, if you add just a few more school children, you kind of find yourself in, in a position where you have to build a new school, new classrooms at least, right? And the BB school, which is kind of down over here, is particularly crowded from all accounts. So the attraction, one of the attractions of senior housing for this area is that it's, you know, fewer children, you would expect. Some would argue that multifamily housing, which would include condominiums in this area, also typically has less uh, student population than single-family housing, which, which typically is. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. In your group, uh, do you have some mes- metro residents? Of- so uh, I, I would say no, no. So what basically the way this evolved was through uh, discussions with dozens of Malden residents largely. And I personally have attended and reached out to the Medford Ad Hoc Committee folks. Um, and, uh, but no, I have, I would favor and vote in favor of having sort of joint meetings to discuss and proceed. I think the proposal will proceed more quickly if Medford is involved, for sure. Yeah. But, but they really, they do have, they, they don't have, for instance, the school concerns, because none of this property, which you'll see is all trees, which is all in Medford, none of it is proposed to have any housing built on it. So unless you've got Malden residents going to the Medford schools like you talked about earlier, yeah. the school issue is not a big deal for them. It's a huge deal yeah, for, Mar- yeah, yeah. for Malden. It, it seems like there's a couple of stumbling blocks. One is that yeah. obviously Malden and Medford have to come together as a municipality yeah. to kind of have a, a, a united front to some degree. And I don't know whether um, at this point, well, certainly Malden has the greater concerns because they have 85% almost of the, of the total right. project is in Malden. Right. However... Uh, without this kind of uh, agreement, it's going to be hard to strike a deal, uh, uh, for one thing, unless right. unless the developer went and walked away from Malden and just did Medford and Malden took the project here, which isn't likely. Right. Um, the other thing is that uh, it could be that maybe Medford has a different agenda. Because they, I don't know whether the city of Malden is sat down with the city of Medford People and whether the councils have interacted at all because they again Medford council has some input in this as well as Marlin City Council. Right, but right. Uh, yeah, it, it almost sure. uh, you wonder we're just tabling as we said early, very early in our meeting here. It was just another means of walking away from making a decision and and come at, uh, next year will be local elections and I can't imagine too many city councils are going to be. Uh, especially if if you're at large or you're a Ward 3 council candidate, is to uh, start to say, let's develop that property and get and get six votes. I don't know if you have, uh, if you went before them right now and they and they had a vote, whether you could be sure of any vote. The, uh, it almost might be human nature to, to put it off again. <laughs> so human nature, the political realities yeah. you, you spoke about, right, and... and uh, it, it seems to me this is it's an important issue in the city. It's certainly the largest parcel of yeah, land that's yeah. kind of in play. Yeah. 
And as we talked about the shifting markets, you, you know, the feasibility of, for instance, uh, selling the senior center, selling the DPW yard looks very attractive right in today's market. Five years from now, it might not. Yeah. And, and we are the city is certainly missing out on tax revenues, you know, given that the, the parcel of land is basically yeah, yeah. Uh, derelict at this yeah. point in time. Yeah, well, the other part about it, you know, when you talk about the senior center, who, which, which I, um, when you think about it, there's been two churches that have a h- historical significance in Marlin, yeah, the yeah. senior center that was a church, and, of course, the, uh, the part of the, developed the Congregational Church on Pleasant Street, which uh, yeah. I was amazed when that was, uh, and I don't know all the details, why that was sold off and someone didn't come in with a church group locally that's maybe renting or whatever, didn't come in because it is, it, the interior of that building and even the structure exteriorly, the exterior. But right. anyway, um, the other part of it, I guess in my mind, is that uh, while all these things are going on, nothing's going on. Nothing's going on. Nothing's going on. And what, I, do you can, what can you do to move it? So this is what you can do. To, this is what we can do to move it. This is what your audience can do to move it. I believe what the, the city has the responsibility to move it. And the way it would move it is by reviewing and vetting and considering the proposals that are out there, all three of them and any others that might come in across the transom, Right. Uh, And and vetting them and dealing with them in a public, open, responsible way that would bring it before the Rules and Ordinance Committee to weigh the pros and cons of this, to have a public hearing so that you could hear both sides of it. The people who are opposed to any kind of development up here, but also there are people who would like to see something happen here. And, And that voice actually has been, you know, somewhat muted, I would say. Um. So, but but unless you move it forward, and unless I think the citizens of Malden call on the city council in particular to move it forward, th- th- we'll be looking at this diorama for the next few years. Is it possible that the uh, the other group that's 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 the citizen group and your group could come together and maybe come up with a uh, common proposal that might unify the two groups? So it would either be Plan A. With the, with your uh, and them and then the, the, a commercial development like here. Well, well, I mean, just so you know, you know, and everybody knows, I've been very open about yeah. this proposal. The people who I've discussed this with have right. been very open, and in fact, a number of the people who are strong supporters of this proposal are, you know, kind of part of the core roots of the other community groups. So I think it'd be very easy to collapse the two proposals into one yeah. for sure. Yeah. In fact, I I spoke with a number of people today yeah. who were involved in. Uh, both both of these other proposals. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, um, it, it's something that deserves attention. It certainly Thank deserves you. a decision. Yeah. And the the dilemma you have is that at this point is uh, to do nothing. All all it does is has created uncertainty and hardened the positions of different people. But right. uh, for those of you that are listening to this, uh, if you didn't catch the whole show, it will be rerun Saturday and Sunday. For anybody you think should have an interest in this, and this really, it really belongs to all the citizens, Marla, remind them that they can see the reruns this Saturday or Sunday on, this, on, on Channel 3 or Channel 28. And, Brian, thank you very much thank for coming much, in. Thank you very much, It's an educational and uh, certainly something that you've given a lot of thought to, and, and hopefully it'll come to some resolve very soon, not only for the benefit of the citizens of Marla, but for the people that are directly affected that live in the area and uh, the taxpayers in particular. In particular. Thank, Thank you. you. This is a uh, wow. How did you carry this? Uh, with help. With, <laughs> with <laughs> Carefully and with help. The trees are delicate. Wow. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we, um, I don't know if they, they could, the, the public had a chance to see this, but uh, we're done, I think. I don't know why. This fucking wrong. We're going good. Yeah, no, this is a great. Uh, thanks again, Felsman. How's it The content, views, and opinions expressed are the sole responsibility of the community producer and do not reflect Mountain Access Television, the City of Palmer, or your and do not reflect Mount Nexus Television, the City of Palmer.